They didn't show names. Show names. Show names. And uh, they say it ain't easy. Everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, a very happy man, Michael Garris, everybody. <laughs> What's up, Jet fans? And you know him, you love him. A statue erected for him on the campus of the Maris Red Foxes, right in the front when you pull in, right by the lobby. The big Wookiee, Nick Cronk. Cronk, what's going on, man? What's going on, everybody? Good time for Jets fans tonight. And the number one high school football coach in the nation is back in the building. Joining us today, Sammy O'Hare. Welcome to the show. Jet Nation, what's up? Your new That's three. already letting us know. Look at that. Jets resigned Solomon Thomas. They're on it. They're on it. Michael, can you do me a favor? Can you just turn that music down just a little? Because your boy, your boy's hyped right now. Your boy's hyped right now. We Now, I've been traveling around the country, guys, all right? I've been out of touch for a few weeks. We've been waiting. We have been waiting to do this show today in hopes there'd be some sign, some notice, some little bit of information that Aaron Rodgers was indeed, yes, coming to the New York Jets. And today on the Pat McAfee Show, straight from the horse's mouth. You heard him say it to the universe. Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the New York Jets in 2023 and the foreseeable future. Guys, just about dots and eyes, crossing some T's, figuring out some compensation. We'll get to that in a moment. Kind of groundbreaking news here for the Jets. There's a lot to get to. Thank you, Matthias, for reminding us, letting us know that information just now that we brought Solomon Thomas back as well, guys. Because the whole world's focused on one thing right now, guys. Jet world is focused on one thing. The NFL world focused on one thing, guys. It's Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Guys, we can go through all the quarterbacks I've had to deal with my 42 years. Sammy, you've dealt with about your three decades here rolling with the Jets, okay? We've had a few sparks. We've had a few guys jump up on the radar. Chad Pennington, Ryan Fitzpatrick for one year, Vinny for a few years. Right, guys? Ken O'Brien for a few years in the 80s. We've had a few guys jump up, but we have never had anybody be an elite level quarterback on this team in my 42 years and that's what's coming to the new york jets guys the team that everybody says could potentially just be a quarterback away didn't just get a quarterback didn't just get any quarterback didn't just fill in with a jimmy g who's pretty good or a Derek Carr, who's pretty good we all would have been happy with that no 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 we're bringing in aaron Rodgers, guys we're going cream of the crop for a few years here I don't care what anybody else says. Sammy, I know you were talking about Lamar Jackson and stuff like that. The circumstances are a little different with Lamar. I get that. He's younger. I understand that. But Jet fans at my age have just been waiting. Give me a few years where I roll my team out every single week 
and think we're about to whoop another team. I've been waiting for this. Jeff Van's been waiting 11 years. A lot of Jeff Van's been waiting over 40 years for this. And we're going to get to it. I want to hear what Mike says, what Sammy says, what the Wookiee says, but a historical, probably the most important interview on the Pat McAfee show of all time in relation to the Jets and maybe his show ever. I want to get your reaction, guys. Michael Garris, Aaron Rodgers, indicating today he does indeed plan to play for the New York Jets. How big is this? Franchise changing move today. I mean, we haven't gotten them officially yet. I'm still crossing my fingers. I mean, it's pretty much a 99% chance that he's going to end up with us on the New York Jets because he has chosen that path. And on the McAfee show, incredible. He let us all know the riveting experience that he had going into the darkness, contemplating retirement, coming out and seeing green. <laughs> seeing green because the Green Bay Packers wanted to just move on. And he's like, oh, word? Well, I'm going to move on too. I'm going to go to some greener pastures. And damn well, they're greener pastures. The young beast squad. Number four in the AFC East, or actually, excuse me, in the entire conference to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Now, Jet fans, we I, I just cannot believe the process it took to get to this point. All of the talks in Super Bowl week, every single day, reading, refreshing my Twitter, trying to understand, did this guy end up choosing us? Are we going to move on from from where we were before and lo and behold today he let us all know i have chosen the jets and really it's the packers holding us up guys i i don't even know what to say i'm still just dazed right now because neck my quarterback's aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah and look i know like you said michael and sammy i want to hear what you got to say too mike i know that they have not officially made this happen yet but aaron Rodgers basically put the packers on blast today and let the whole planet of Earth know that he wants to become a Jet. He's fine with becoming a Jet. And it's just the Packers that are looking for compensation, kind of digging their heels in here. Sammy, you're a little bit of a younger Jet fan, but still in your life, man, you have not seen great quarterback play either. But pretty much half your life, a good portion of your life, Sammy, is Aaron Rodgers' career. I mean, let's be real here. Now he's going to be the quarterback, potentially. All right, we don't want to ruin anything, but um, it looks like all things are trending in that direction, at least according to Aaron Rodgers. Possibly the quarterback of the New York Jets next year, Sammy. What do you think about that? I couldn't be more excited to go into year two of season ticket holding with Aaron Rodgers being rolled out every Sunday. It's it's a dream. I mean, you catapult the team to a whole new heights. I have to give all the credit to Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and Brees Hall for burning that cheese head and bringing some of that big uh, good juju into the world while Aaron Rodgers is on his darkness retreat. They manifested this. And I love every minute of it. I mean, the, to see ESPN and all these sports reporters constantly talking about the New York Jets in such a positive way too, has been just like altering in terms yeah. of my perspective as a Jet fan. Yeah, yeah. Never been this prevalent in the news before. Um, and the fact that someone of his caliber like chose to come here, you know, it's always been a destination where people are like, yeah, you don't want to play for that franchise. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. To have someone like multiple time MVP one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play and be like, I'm playing for the New York Jets. That team's super talented. I think we can win a championship. Um, it gives me like, I don't even know how to describe what kind of emotions I'm feeling right now. Now I totally understand, dude. And whether or not 
the Jets' negative stigma is fair or not, uh, it is what it is. And until they go ahead and change that stigma, um, that's how teams are going to look at the Jets, man, until they can dig themselves out of this hole. And getting a guy like an Aaron Rodgers, having a sauce last year to Garrett Wilson and a Brees Hall, ton of good young players, having a good front office in place to go sit down and meet with an Aaron Rodgers, who politically, in a lot of ways, him and Woody Johnson do not align. Pat McAfee was making some jokes about that today, but apparently the discussions went good. Joe Douglas, I think, has a lot of respect around the league. I know Robert Salah does as well. And as much as people talked about, and I said this when we brought him in, I was I was a fan of getting Paul Hackett. I mean, Aaron Rodgers basically said that's the main reason that he wants to come to the Jets is his relationship with Hackett. So when we're talking about high-level chess moves of a general manager and a team to get a guy to your team, a guy that said, look, I was 90% looking at retirement when I entered the darkness. When he emerged from the darkness, <laughs> Paul Hackett was the Jets' offensive coordinator, guys. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, he's talking about, I want to come to the Jets. That's one of my guys I respect the most, this and that. So um, kudos to the front office for putting us in this position with the draft, but also some of these personnel moves they made with the coaching. Wookie, you're a Giants fan. Now you guys brought back your boy Daniel Jones on a hefty chunk this week, so congratulations for bringing him back, having some continuity there. But when it comes to the Jets, outside looking in, Wook, you do this show with us every week. You probably know the Jets better than any non-Jet fan in this whole planet. They're probably a team that just needs that quarterback to take the next step. Now Aaron Rodgers here. What do you think about the Jets next season, Wookie? Well, you put it perfectly before. For a team that everybody says is a quarterback away um, from making, you know, legit championship runs for the next couple of years while that quarterback's there, you got the quarterback that anybody could have got that's available. And, I mean, you've got all the weapons offensively. You've got, a, I mean, the defense, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. And now you're rolling out A.A. Ron every, every week. And the guy is legitimately just going to make, I mean, this is, this is nuts. I mean, there should be, there should be just cause for elation in Jets nation tonight. And as a giant fan sharing the same building, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Hey. Yeah, look, the AFC is going to be a, uh, it's going to be a ringer. No matter which way you look at it, guys, the AFC has a ton of great teams in it. But if you're a Jet fan right now, it's time to stand up. It's time to let people know. I mean, I look. Maybe wait till we have Rodgers 100%. I get it. I understand, guys. But all your Patriot fan friends, you know, you know that Homer Simpson gif of him dipping back into that bush? That's those fools this year because their team is about to stink this season. Their team is going down the toilet this season. They let Jacoby Myers go to sign Juju Smith-Schuster. What are we doing? That's a, that's a separate side note, guys. But, you know, that Pat McAfee interview within itself revealed a lot of things. And Mike mentioned before... Um, Rodgers did say that the Packers just are the ones who are digging their heels in with this trade. Now, the compensation we heard they're looking for, at least rumored to be looking for, and I wanted to ask Mike about this and Sammy because we haven't spoken about it. The rumored compensation the Packers looking for here, guys, for Rodgers is around the same compensation that the Lions got for um, Matthew Stafford. So that was two first-round picks for Stafford, a third-round pick, but they also gave up golf. Now, my take on this, guys, is that Matthew Stafford in that trade was 33. Aaron Rodgers is 39. So a six-year difference in age. But also the fact that the Rams were unloading a massive contract, four years, $100 million to golf, onto the Lions as well. That's another reason why they got two first-round picks. The context here is a little bit different. 
They're signing Rodgers, who, of course, they're going to need to give up something to get him. But they're taking that massive contract off your books and not sending one back to you. So I don't know where the Packers really get the similar compensation to Stafford, two firsts and a third. Mike, where do you land on this when it comes to the compensation the Packers are looking for? And kind of what do you feel comfortable with giving up to get Rodgers? So first, I just want to give a hats off to this organization being able to pivot from a massive massive miss at the number two pick usually a coach gm did not survive missing that badly at quarterback okay and when zach wilson said this famous word no at that point i think the he the brass at one jets drive said hey we need to get a veteran quarterback and quickly that quarterback became very clear and it was aaron Rodgers. and you gotta tip your hat because they identified the pivot early. They stuck their guns to who they were looking to target. They did not get distracted with any other quarterback or any other situation. They did not get scared when Jimmy, when, when Derek Carr signed with the Saints. They didn't get scared when Jimmy G was going to sign off with the Raiders and we were losing uh, uh, opportunity after opportunity. They said, this is the guy that we want. We're all in. The owner was in. They flew in to talk to this guy. The coach, the players were tweeting for him. You know, it was a full court press on the entire organization, right? And they did it. And they did it. And at this point, to answer your question about the draft compensation, Joe Douglas isn't going to be fooled here. The Jets are not the ones that have the gun to their head. Both the Packers and the Jets want to get this done. And the longer it takes, the more uncomfortable it's going to get for the Green Bay Packers. Because Aaron Rodgers is just going to go on Pat McAfee and anywhere else and just start talking trash. Because guess what? If you guys don't, if you hold Rodgers, then you're going to lose out on love. And I know that's what the reason you want to let Aaron walk. Because you're going to want to let love play. You made that decision. Understood. So don't play yourself. And JD ain't getting played. He's going to play chicken with you. Stand or stare you right in the eye. He's come this far. And he's able to, to iron out this path for the Jets to get right here. I mean... I can't tell you how proud I am of Joe Douglas with the vision, with the with the with the gall to be able to say, hey, I messed up the quarterback, but you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and get an all-time great as a plan B for this team. Because we're gonna go ahead and try to fight for a Super Bowl championship in 2023. Like we planned, it's not gonna be Zach. But it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. So I think that compensation is going to be whatever Joe Douglas decides that compensation should be. And he's going to end up getting it. And I think that's going to be a conditional two. And then maybe a player like a, a Corey Davis. I think that's what you're going to see. Sammy, what do you think? you think they're going to have to end up giving up a first here to get Rodgers over to the squadron? No, I think that initial assessment where they were saying they want like a two and a three for Rodgers is probably more accurate. Because I don't, I don't foresee them giving up. If, if anything, maybe like you get a future first or like Mike said, a conditional second. If you make it to X, uh, X point in the season, maybe it turns yeah. into a first, you know. Um, but I don't I don't foresee Green Bay, like Mike said, you know, Green Bay is in a really tough spot right now. 
Aaron Rodgers is a local legend and he wants out and Green Bay wants him out and they need the cap space to figure out what they're going to do to start their whole rebuild process because they've unloaded just a ton of talent over there. Um, so I think they also have a lot of incentive to get this done. I'd love to see a two and a three. I think that'd be ideal for everybody involved. We keep that 13th pick, which I think could be used to get like a really valuable player this year, yeah. potentially on the offensive line, you know? Yeah, sure. So I'd love to keep that pick. But if we give up a first and a third, if we give up a second and a third, like I'm cool with any of those scenarios. Two firsts, I think, is way too much. Um, but giving up a first, and even if you have Rodgers on a year-to-year -year basis, when he comes in here with this chip this year and then plays again next year because he just won, then it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it's true. Why I believe some of the truth of those rumors that they're probably at least pushing for a first or a couple of firsts is because say it was just a second and a third, the deal would have been done, right? So that's the only reason I think maybe there's some truth to that. But I think that one thing Joe Douglas has done well with free agents, um, I think last year he did well, but he's been hit or miss with that. Some of the coaching hires we know haven't been the best guys, but I think with trades, he grades out pretty well. I think Mike mentioned that a moment ago. Joe Douglas has done a really good job of trades. Tends to win the trades and or not get raked over the coals on trades that maybe he doesn't win. You know, even look at James Robinson last year. They just gave up a sixth round pick for him to kind of get some insurance. He didn't play well, but they didn't give up too much to get him. Man, so many interesting points also, guys, came out of that interview with McAvee. Like I said, um, I think Aaron Rodgers said when he went into the darkness retreat, he was feeling from the Packers that they wanted him back. They wanted him to retire on that team, right? Or retire or finish the season with the Pack, uh, his career with the Packers, what he felt. And then when he came out of the darkness retreat, according to Aaron Rodgers, he felt something completely different from them. A whole different energy. And Mike mentioned this a moment ago. They have Jordan Love sitting there who, and Mike corrected me about a month ago. I thought Jordan Love was only on his third year, his fourth year. So he's gonna be making $20 million this year, guys. So Mike said they had they don't have a lot of leverage. They kind of don't because I mean Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere else. Right. Right? It's not happening. So he's either going to the Jets or what? You already told him you already went your GM already went out publicly and said they're moving on from him. You want to talk about negotiating. He already went out and said we're going to Jordan Love. I mean, if you could be stupider, I don't know what to what to say. But that's what, Mike, that'd be 65 million on their cap with two quarterbacks if they had Rodgers. It's not gonna happen. They don't have a lot of leverage here, guys. Um, I know one of the other things I liked from that interview, and we mentioned this before the show, <clears throat> and these are the things I really enjoyed, Mike, from the interview was two things. One was Adam Schefter has reported a lot of things about Rodgers, and apparently he texted Rodgers directly, and Adam Rodgers said, lose my number. And that was actually confirmed by Adam Schefter, who showed the screenshot of that and tweeted it out today, which I absolutely love because <laughs> New York people, New York people will be feeling that. If you watch the interview, um, I kind of dig how he went about his business there. But also another thing, I saw a few days ago, and Mike did Mike did not jump to any conclusions, and neither did Sammy. But we know some other Jet fans that were really bent out of shape. My dad was one of them. He sent me this long message about Rogers, and he wants he has this whole list of players he wants Keith, and he's already a cancer in the locker room, and we don't even have him. And I'm like, Dad, I know you. I know you watch a lot of Fox News, but you can't believe everything, everything you hear and you read. Right? Some of it's going to be nonsense. And we, me and Mike, expressed caution because it didn't make a lot of sense to us that that Aaron Rodgers is pushing for the Jets to get Mercedes Lewis, who's 38 years old, and Tyler Conklin's what 26, and you know, much better player. So that didn't make sense. And that's another thing, Mike, in the interview, 
Aaron Rodgers went into length about how that was ridiculous. He never said anything like that. Of course, he had conversations with the Jets about players that he liked playing with, because that's what you do in these scenarios. But again, it was something, Mike, that seemed to get twisted and turned into a negative, which happens a lot, it seems, with Rodgers. Um, it got turned into a negative. Is this He had this whole list of demands, when really he was just listing guys that he liked to play with, one of those guys being Alan Lazard, who we haven't gotten to yet, who we just signed to the squad, Mike. Mike, what do you think about... Aaron Rodgers kind of squashing that whole entire rumor about the list of guys he wants and also kind of weigh in here on Alan Lazard coming to the Jets, who even if we didn't have Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, I think that's a great signing for the team. Yeah, he has a disdain for the, the national media. He, he's He's been very vocal about that. And, and I think that he wanted to make sure that whoever broke this story wasn't an Adam Schefter or or uh, you know anyone from the NFL Network, it was going to be one of his boys, and that was Trey Wingo. Who who would have thought Trey Wingo would have been out front and center, you know, outdoing uh, everybody else, getting the scoop on what was actually happening. So I think that's just how Aaron Rodgers was, and I, I'm sure he has players that he would like to play with. Alan Lazard being one of them, and we're going to be getting into him here in a little bit. But um, I think that, you know, knowing how he is with the national media, it's going to be interesting how he deals in the media capital center of the world in New York City, the front page, page six, you know, the back page. I, I, I you know, I know he loves to date beautiful women. I know he loves to, you know, get get attention. Well, hey, he's going to have all the attention in the world on him. He has never played in a place like this. And I think he's in for the challenge. But the, the biggest thing to me about him joining and really the influence of the media not just with him but with the team is the what he's going to do to that locker room Brees hall sauce garrett wilson these young players they have been leaderless they've had our coach but they have been leaderless as far as having a one of them being like guys let's go and take care of business when that person walks in the room everyone shuts the hell up everybody listens everyone falls in line aaron Rodgers does that these guys believe you know what i'm saying when they step in they're like yo i'm i'm catching passes from aaron Rodgers. like that's like me making the league in the nba and michael jordan's on the court like i'm like ah mike you know what i'm saying like that's how these cats are gonna be and they're gonna be like yo we won seven games with zach wilson we could go to anywhere with this dude you know what i'm saying and whatever the media is gonna say they're not they're gonna tune them out because that belief in the locker room is gonna be so united in one direction with robert sala with nathaniel hackett and with aaron Rodgers leading the way it, it is it is an incredible i mean if you see what what jd's done with this young talent and now put that veteran leadership in front to direct them the heights are unbelievable and i'll, I'll tell you guys right now not only that but i think if there was a path to fix zach wilson this is the only one i'm not saying that he's gonna fixable i'm not even saying i think he's gonna be the jet quarterback in the future but if there is a minute chance that this young man is anywhere close to being salvageable, this is the only way. Because now you're going to get to see the best, one of the best to ever do it every single day. 
and you have some time to try to fix yourself. So I think overall to your question, Keith, the media is not going to, he hates the media. I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to deal with it in New York. And I don't think the media is going to have any impact on this locker room once he joins. Uh, it is very interesting you mentioned the media aspect because I know the Packers have a tremendous fan base throughout the country, but Green Bay is the smallest sports market in the country of any league. Of all the leagues, guys, there's no smaller town than Green Bay, right? Flip the script now, you're going to the biggest sports market in the nation with a lot of reporters, very aggressive reporters, a little bit different. Um, if, if Aaron Rodgers went through that whole situation last year when he was kind of being coy about being vaccinated or not, if that same exact scenario played out in New York with New York reporters, that would have been different. He would not have been let off so easy. They wouldn't have given him such softball questions. Um, but I will say one thing. I don't know if you saw the interview or not, Wookie, but one thing I took away from it, I don't want to see what you think about this when it comes to being motivated. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 39 years old here, Wookie, and in the interview, you heard him say, yeah, the Packers drafted Jordan Love to replace me a few years ago. Uh, I just won a few MVPs, so I kind of messed their plans up. You heard, Wookie, you heard him being salty in the interview, which if you're a Jet fan and you want to, you want to see a guy be motivated – Taking shots at some of the guys they let go in the past, like AJ Hawk and Cobb, um, a few other players. Wookie, he seems salty as hell. And if you're a Jet fan, you want that in your quarterback heading into next year, don't you, Wookie? Oh, absolutely. You've got a, a what is he, a four-time MVP, and he he locked himself in darkness for however long he was in there. <laughs> Before going in, ninety percent wanted to retire, ten percent come back. Then he said he spent. One day thinking about retirement, what that would entail, how his life would, you know, come out with retirement. He spent another full day thinking about what happens if he comes back. And then all this other stuff was going on. And now he's like, what other motivation would you need than the old, you know, the, he said he talked to people in the NFL that he trusts and he's not going to name names, but he got the feeling that they were ready to move on. They came out and said that they were going to move on. Like, what are you trying to do with this? <laughs> like, I mean, you know he's coming in here. You know he has a modus operandi is to win a championship or multiple before he gets out of here because he's never going to reach Tom Brady. But if he can get one or two more before he bounces, it gets him even closer to whatever that is. Yeah, but, I mean, one, one Super Bowl with the Jets, you know, without cheating is equal to all every Super Bowl Tom Brady's ever won. Oh, absolutely. I, I, don't, I, think I could care less. I mean... Let's be real. The way Jet fans have been waiting for this, desperate fans, all age groups of Jet fans, from 70 all the way down to the little 10-year-olds that uh, my buddy JT brings to the game, his sons every single week, screaming, Zach Wilson sucks the last game of the year, Sammy, if you remember, when we walked into the stadium, it was hysterical. I mean, all of us in between, man, we waiting a long, long time for this team to be considered a serious contender, I think. That 1998, hitting into that year, Mike, um, people really thought the Jets would be pretty good, and they were. 12-4 and four that year, we looked good, we played well. Uh, coming into the next season, a lot of expectations, and then Vinny Testaverde tears his Achilles on the first drive of the game, guys. I think the only other time teams looked at the Jets as a really, really good team was maybe that second year with Rex. We went 11-5, and five, even though Sanchez kind of stunk. The defense was pretty formidable. Jets were pretty good that year. And that was 2010. You know what I'm saying? It's about to be 2023, so it's been a long, 
long time here, guys. Now, we got a lot of Aaron Rodgers news, obviously, to talk about. Uh, we also have some other free agent news to get to. Speaking, we'll, speaking ahead, of that, James Robinson just signed with the Patriots for $8 million. Oh, my God. Well, that's interesting. Uh, James Robinson, probably the 21st or 22nd best free agent running back out there. Out there. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but, I mean, when he before his Achilles, though, he was pretty productive. I'll give him that, even though he's an undrafted guy. So, um, kudos to him, James Robinson. There's a lot of guys ahead of him I think are much better, but... The, the Patriots offense continuing just to sign mediocre players. <laughs> right. I mean, I I just uh, – the quarterback's mediocre. They got – I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying Jacoby Myers is elite by any stretch, guys. Yeah. Some of his metrics, Mike, I've in fantasy I've mentioned, some of his metrics are pretty good. But he by far was their best receiver. He's gone. Yeah. You know yep. I'm saying? Like, Mike, he's history. Who's their number one? I know. I mean, Devontae hey, Parker? What are we doing? Nelson, can I, can I, I tell you guys something? Keith, can I tell you something? Last year. Aaron Rodgers completed 60% of his passes to running backs. Wonder what Brees Hall is going to do next year with Mr. Rodgers. 60% of his passes went to running backs. That's pretty significant. Yeah, and last I love how he said Mr. Rogers. We need a picture. We need somebody to do a Photoshop of Aaron Rodgers in like a red cardigan. Oh, that's coming. You know that's coming. And it'll, be, it'll probably be right over like the nine train or something in New York. Guys, last year, uh, and one of the free agents we just brought in here, Alan Lazard, that was Aaron Rodgers' number one target last season. Targeted him 100 times, 60 catches for Lazard, 788 yards. I think he had six touchdown guys. Uh, about 42 of his 60 catches was – no, excuse me, 47 of his 60 catches were for first downs. So th- this dude is uh, – I don't know. Me and Mike have always liked him. I know some other people maybe not as high on him, but if you just look at his career ascension here, undrafted guy, 6'5", 230, right? Huge target in the red zone. And you look at our receiver group. Now, we don't know if Corey Davis will be back or not, but you look at Elijah, you look at Garrett Wilson, they definitely athletically tremendous, not the tallest tallest guys in the world. So to complement our receiving group, if they were bringing Aaron Rodgers in or not, I think this was a good signing. I think that the, the receivers in free agency this year are very, very thin. I think Myers was pretty solid. Juju Smith-Schuster just went to the Pats. I think after Lazard, really not too much out there. So this kind of seemed to me, Mike, Rodgers or not, I really like this signing for what Lazard is able to do in the red zone. And also now, obviously, with us bringing Aaron Rodgers, you bring in someone he already has that familiarity with. Yeah. Kind of seems like a no-brainer signing for the Jets here. Yeah, man. I mean, look, the, 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 the actual contract is really two years, $22 million. So uh, 11, 11 per, that's about 1 million more than what we're paying Corey Davis. So I love it from a value perspective. Over the last two seasons, 8.3% of Rodgers' passes to Lazard resulted in a touchdown. That is third best from QB wide receiver ratio. The only two that were better are uh, Burrow to Chase and Allen uh, to Davis. That's it. So... We know that he's a red zone target. We know, and Sammy, um, I know LaFleur liked the little guys, and that's why you know, guys like Mims kind of struggled because he really wasn't feeling. Uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett loves the big dudes. Let me tell you something. Alan Lazard was a free, uh, an undrafted player on Jacksonville Jaguars. Hackett brought him over to Green Bay, thrived, yep. right? Got paid, and now he's with us as – the number two receiver. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I love this guy. So from a, besides even the receiver perspective, he's an amazing blocker. Yeah. So exactly. if we're going to be heavy emphasis on like Brees Hall, he might be the difference for breaking out some of those big time runs down the football field. Um, but the reason I love the Lazard signing it because it tells me <laughs> that Hackett has a clear direction. Like I have a feeling he's going to put more back in the slot where he belongs. They got rid of Barrios, cleared that whole situation up. So now you know who your three guys that you're running out in your packages are. And I think that's really important. You can, you let all the other guys go. I think they only have like Mims left. I mean, they left Jeff Smith go, right? Yeah, sure. Jeff so Smith's free agent. He's yeah. a free agent. So they only have Mims left on that roster. I would like to see them probably sign maybe another slot guy if they keep Mims. Probably getting rid of Davis if they get Rodgers to make the cap space. But I love the direction, right? You've got a guy who's a big red zone target. He's got a rapport with Rodgers. He's and he's a great blocker down the football field. And now you finally put Eli Moore in a comfortable headspace where you're like, yo, now you're going to play this position and this position only. We're not putting you on the edges. We're going to run you over the middle of the field where you're supposed to be anyway. And we've got our two outside threats with Lazard and Wilson. I just love the direction that Hackett's taken this team already um, with a couple of these signings. And I just wanted to talk about the list and stuff like – Dude, Rodgers is a really smart guy, quarterback-wise. He understands that the Jets have three tight ends under the age of 27. You know, like, exactly. you know, like oh, hey, we need more tight ends. Like, yep. he understands that they have Eli Moore and Garrett Wilson. They're not going to go out and probably sign Randall Cobb, maybe. But, like, he's not going to – that's not going to make or break his decision if we get, you know, 35-year-old Randall Cobb when we have more Lazard and Wilson out there. You know? Yeah. So, um, to your guys' point. And third – um, Mike, you mentioned Zach Wilson. Remember, Zach Wilson came out and said he models his game after Aaron Rodgers. That's a guy he looks up to, that he's aspired to be. But like you said, in terms of fixable situations, like dream scenario to see him kind of learn from that guy. But I love the Lazard pickup. I love the direction the team's going in. Um, so far, I think with this Rodgers signing, probably one of the best off seasons I've seen in a really, really long time from this football Amen. Season. Amen. Yeah. And you know what, guys? Last year on the Packers, Mike was mentioning how often Rodgers had to throw the ball to the running backs. I mean, after Lazard, now look, look at it this way. Before last year, Lazard was just a guy that was undrafted, kind of proven himself, 40 or 50 targets a year. Not someone that was a focal point of their offense at all, obviously, because they had Devontae Adams and a lot of other good wide receivers. And then last year, Lazard just gets propelled into being basically the number one by default. Because the other best receiver they had was a rookie, Dobbs, who only had about 60 targets. They had Randall Cobb, guys. I mean, their second leading receiver was Dobbs with 425 yards. Cobb had 417. Sammy Watkins was their fourth leading receiver with 200 yards. So, I, I mean, the Packers, as much as we know, the Packers are very good when it comes to drafting guys. They don't do a lot in free agency. They tend to draft guys that hold on to them. They didn't have a lot of weapons for Aaron Rodgers last year. And let's just be honest, man. You go through their roster last year, then you go, now flip that over here to the Jets. And, I mean, Elijah Moore is what Randall Cobb was 12 seasons ago. You know, he's in his third season. He's fast. He has the hands. He's a much better player at this point than Randall Cobb. And Sam made a great point. When it comes to guys fitting into their natural positions, Alan Lazard obviously is meant to play out wide. We know Garrett Wilson can play anywhere he wants, but you can't cover him. He's going to be out wide. You stick more in the slot, and you have Conklin lining up two catching passes. Um, I know people like Azoma came on towards the end of the season, but I think Conklin's pretty much our best pass-catching tight end. That's an issue. And Brees Hall, too. I mean, Mike mentioned the, the running backs. I mean, there's a lot of options here for Rodgers. I think last year he did the best he could with what he had 
in Green Bay, but he had Lazard last year. It did pretty well with him. Now, what if he also had on Green Bay last year, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Tyler Conklin? And it would have been destroying, right? Guess what? He does have those guys on the Jets with Lazard. You know, guys were just tremendous. And Mike mentioned it, and Sammy also mentioned it too, the blocking with Lazard. I mean, it's an overlooked aspect of wide receiver play because I know some of these guys really aren't that big into blocking, some of the smaller wide receivers especially. But, man, you can look at when he was at Iowa State even and look at some of the blocks he's had on Green Bay. He takes pride in his blocking Lazard. He practices it. He loves it. He relishes it. He wants to lay dudes out. That's like having a tight end just lined up wide. He's 6'5", 230. He's as big as some tight ends. That's basically as big as um, he's he's only what? He's the same size as Travis Kelsey, you know? So, I mean, but he's just lined up wide. So, so many positives that Lazard signing. Another signing, guys, uh, the Jets have. Mike mentioned Solomon Thomas. They also brought back Greg the Leg. I think that was pretty smart, guys. I think he was pretty pretty um, reliable last year in the wins there at uh, MetLife Stadium. I thought he played well. I, can, few I, guys, can, I, can I just say something? I mean, I know a lot of people are saying that was a really good signing. I really wasn't super high on it because I don't feel like I'll be honest with you. Um, I know when I feel real comfortable with a kicker and there's really maybe one that I felt very, very comfortable with. And that was Myers. I remember he'd always go out there. I feel good. Greg is strong. He can hit from far, but he's still like, I'm still nervous. I, I'll be honest with you. So I'm good. I'm glad. Okay. That's cool. I kind of wanted them to draft like an ill kicker in the draft but whatever uh, that's a that's a bad take for me i i just don't i don't know i don't i don't have the full confidence he didn't miss he didn't but to be honest man he didn't miss many easy ones last year most of the ones he missed remember he had like a miss like a 63 yarder he, he, he kicked a 60 something yarder for us too yeah, um, to win some games and he had some game winning stats i think let's see what we got here guys he missed the yeah, guys he had six misses last year five of them were from 50 plus he only missed okay, one that's kick. good content. He only missed one kick from 50. Yeah, I mean, we don't normally know kicker stats off the top of my head, but um, I know that because he has the giant leg, they tend to push it with him. Like a guy like him will go for a 57-yard. Yeah. Where you, they might not do that, um, you know, with another kicker, and they kind of keep that percentage better. Um, I'm cool with bringing back Greg the leg. Some of the guys that we lost, guys, Sheldon Rankin signed a one-year $10 million deal with the Texans, which is – Rankins is good, but man, that, that surprised me. That's some that's big money for him. Um, Herbig also, guys, who was kind of a filling guy for us, but pretty good on the offensive line last year. Signed with Pittsburgh. We know Mike White. We know Mike White's headed down to Miami, uh, which, I mean, we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about Mike White dedicating shows to the White Knight. And here he goes down to Miami or one of our mortal enemies. That's tough, guys. Braxton Berrios got cut. Now, he might be back with the squad. If we can restructure, but he would have, we, we, I think it was about $8.2 million. He was due. We save about 5 million. Um, I don't think that was a bad move considering last year. He wasn't really a factor in the offense guys. I think Sammy mentioned give some more looks to our boy Elijah more in the slot and on kick returns. He wasn't really a factor either. I'm interested to see here if they do or do not cut Corey Davis. I don't know what the cap number is going to look like Mike before the draft. 10 oh oh the cap. We're at 11 i think we're at a, around 11 now before yeah, we do any yeah, further yeah, cuts yeah. i know if they cut him mike they'll save about 10 so i'm thinking in my head all right well we're gonna have to restructure some things or do some gymnastics here to get rogers under contract and then they'll also need a little bit of money for these rookies depending on if we do have a first round pick or not they might need a little bit more so um i'm interested to see how that works out guys um, and then the other guys we have that are still kind of in limbo, and I mentioned to see 
Michael, if you want to bring back any of these guys, let me just run through the list real quick here. George Font, Connor McGovern. I mean, Flacco's history. We know that. Um, the Marcus Joyner is a free agent. I think he's gone. Quan Alexander, Vinnie Curry, Ty Johnson, Jeff Smith. And then we know Robinson's gone. Uh, Quincy Williams brought back three-year $18 million deal. I should have mentioned him also. Mike, if any of our remaining free agents that are out there are any of those guys interesting to you to bring back, maybe a George Font. That's the only one that really jumps out to me. Uh, I think Quan Alexander, potentially, whatever we do uh, with the weak side linebacker. But, um, yeah, you know, Font, I, I think they're going to go tackle in the draft. Um, but most of those guys, like Jeff Smith, were let go. Um, you know, I, I feel like our defensive tackle position is something that we, uh, we're we going to need help th- there. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a little yeah. thin. We, lo- we lost Nathan Shepard, uh, you know, the Canadian Thanos. I wish him luck. Like you just said, rankings is gone. We're going to sign Quinnen Williams. We got his brother Quincy. I love the Quincy signing because it just shows that we can develop players, right, who were, you know, people who are undrafted or cut from a team and bring them on, develop them, give them money and just keep watching them grow. So I love that about Quincy. And I think that's also going to be good to bring his, you know, his brother's going to end up signing too. And uh, by the way, that, that deal that got done by Washington Payne, that's, that's the type of deal that we're probably going to see from, from Quincy. It's going to be like around 22, plus something like that um but i i can't wait for that to get done so yeah we'll we'll see who else um these guys are going to end up signing i know they did that jd had one amazing move and that was signing safety chuck clark yeah now, trading guys, chuck clark, right? yeah guys guys this is this is brilliant because any safety you're going to get in free agency you're going to have to be paying upwards of eight nine right this guy is going to be a four million dollar hit right on his fourth year rookie deal um he's had what 101 tackles four pass breakups he had a fumble recovery he was the third safety on that team he was kind of more of a hybrid type safety um but they picked up marcus robinson i think last year in free agency that kind of moved him there but he was the and, they, and they drafted kyle hamilton too and then they drafted and, kyle hamilton so right. that made him and this guy is somebody that i mean the last three seasons he's second on their team in tackles i know um, and you look at their squad 96 tackles then he had 80 tackles but he missed a few games and then last year at 101 tackles i mean he had 101 tackles last year guys and that's with them having marcus williams and drafting kyle hamilton i mean that that's pretty impressive um, what he's been able to do. And he, he's one of the, he's a, he's a fan favorite there. I know in Baltimore, he got nominated for their Walter Payton man of the year award for doing a lot in their community. So he's somebody that off the field also, you know, you're getting a good guy, which I know is at least Joe Douglas says is important to him, but you always love guys like that in the locker room and probably an upgrade for us at safety, which was our biggest weakness last year. I think there's a chance Whitehead does get cut, even though he's on a two year deal, Mike, just because his cap number around 10 million and I don't know him and Clark place very. They're both kind of box safeties. They play probably, big- there. You go. Yeah, he's a strong safety. He he, I mean. he plays Jordan Whitehead's. He's he's a run stuffer. He's not a free safety. So that's what everybody was saying. He's going to replace Joiner. No, no, he actually replaces Whitehead. That's what I was going to say. It. So we kind of have two guys that play a very. And I mean, I like Whitehead, but he last year his lack of ability in coverage game was was our defense was great, but that was very obviously our weakness, right? 
I think Clark is very similar to him, but a little bit better in coverage. And I think they're going to get another free safety. I don't think they're bringing LaMarcus Joyner back. We're going to have someone else playing free safety there, be the draft or free agency here, guys. And I think the strong safety will definitely be our new, our new guy, Chuck Clark, here. And I think the Jets are, you know, moving in the right direction. Look, the defense just needed a few little tweaks. Carl Lawson, surprisingly to me, Mike, still a Jet. I don't know if they're going to rework his contract. I heard rumors he's going to rework that deal out, uh, maybe to save us some money. So he's still a Jet. Corey Davis still a Jet. There could still be some guys on the chopping block here to save some money when we get moving here with uh, Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how that works out. But look, we went through all – we did all the uh, the maintenance we had to do for all the free agents, guys. I know really the main topic right now, though, is Aaron Rodgers and the fact that all us tortured Jet fans that have – had to sit and be the butt of many jokes, you know, for very good reason, many times, um, are going to be able to, at least for a few seasons, potentially here, just see what greatness feels like. See what it's like to have one of the best quarterbacks of all time be our quarterback. And look, people can say he's 39 and whatever you want, but Aaron Rodgers just won two MVPs. That, that just happened. You know what I mean? I know it wasn't last season, but it wasn't 2011. It was 2020 and 21, guys. He was balling. Can I last just, year, can I, go ahead, Mike. Can I just put some, some context to exactly what you're saying? The Jets' all-time passer for a season is Fitzpatrick with 31 touchdowns. 27 touchdowns was number two with Testaverde. Number three with Sanchez was uh, Joe Namath and then another dude with 26. Last year, everyone said that he had a down year, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He threw 26 touchdowns. So his down year is the third best in Jet history. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I mean, <laughs> I just, it just, there's no way to, I mean, Jet fans know. We don't really have to explain it to them and beat them over the head with it, how huge this is. And kind of where this puts us in the context of the league. I think the Jets next year, you know, last year, what, we have one game on primetime, Mike? I think it was the Jaguar game all season long that ain't happening next year not with aaron Rodgers in new york not with aaron Rodgers in new york baby you're talking four or five prime time games baby the whole world is going to be seeing our squad play on national television and i'm just so happy for jet fans and you look i know we have a little bit of work to do here you heard rumors mike we saw today you sent something to me the packers are fine with waiting into the draft you know this is just a game of chicken right now packers are going to try to get as much as they possibly can I don't think they have nearly the amount of leverage they think they do. No one else thinks they have a lot of leverage except the Packers, apparently. But look, they're the ones that have them under contract, so we have to figure it out. But um, this is a great day in Jet history, man. And I think that when you look at the you know the pantheon here of Jet quarterbacks, I wrote it down today, Michael. Ken O'Brien, 50 and 57 career record. Richard Todd, 44 and 53. Chadwick, 34 and 32. Boomer, 15 and 17. You can go right down the list, man. We don't have a lot of quarterbacks with a great record or have had really a great run here. But I'll tell you what, there was a player back in 1994 that came to the New York Rangers that was a legend before he came to the Rangers and had a lot of success before he came to the Rangers. And even though he played a lot more years after 1994, people kind of said he was getting towards the end of his career. His name was Mark Messier, and he became a god of this city because he came here, put the Rangers on his back, and won a Stanley Cup. And most, scored a goddamn hatchet in game seven. We all know what he did. And he predicted it like a fucking boss. I'm not saying Rodgers has to do that. But if he comes even close to that, if he comes here, if Aaron Rodgers comes to New York and wins a Super Bowl, 
I don't care if he only plays here two years. Guys, there will be a statue for him. And he will go down as a, as a legend in this city for coming here and kind of picking us up off the mat here and giving Jeff fans a reason to hope and kind of helping this team out where no matter what anybody says, all your friends, all your most negative friends, oh, the Jets aren't that good and this and that. And, you know, maybe they're all right. Maybe the defense is good. They all know. They all know we're just a quarterback away. Because we beat the Bills last year with Zach Wilson. All I got to say to you people, That's we right. beat the Bills <coughs> with Zach Wilson and his garbage ass who got benched a week after that for the rest of the season. Done for. That's how much he stinks. Take him out. Put Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in. How are the Jets show? How are the Jets finishing off last year? We're not losing six games in a row. When we're seven and four last year, that final six, we're at least going three and three minimum making the playoffs, maybe making some noise. You never know what can happen. You just got to get there. And the best chance to get there and go far in the playoffs in forever is with Aaron Rodgers leading this team, guys. So congrats, Jet fans. I know we got a little bit of time here, but you heard it right from the horse's mouth today. Aaron Rodgers intends to be a New York Jet. I'm stoked for all gangrene nation. I'm stoked for all of us here, Mike, and the whole time we've done the podcast. It's one of the most exciting times for us doing it. So pretty sure we covered everything, Mike, right? Yes, we did. All right, Mike, if anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? We're on Facebook at AEBJets Radio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the number one tight end in the history of college football, the big Wookiee Nick Crump, on behalf of the number one high school football coach and wrestling coach in the nation today, Samuel Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Good at you next week, everybody. Peace out.